0: Hi everyone! Welcome to a new semester of the Criminology Academy podcast. Where we're criminally academic. My name is Jose Sanchez,
1: and I'm Jen Toslie. Today's episode is our introduction to a new year and a new semester with TCA. We will be reflecting on our fall 2022 episodes and also looking forward to our spring 2023 slate of episodes, which will begin on January 9th,
0: 2023. So sit back, relax. And we hope you enjoy the conversation. I think we need to get started with a little update about what's been happening with your co-hosts during this year of 2022. And why don't we start with the conference, the ASC conference. Okay. Um, which was, I don't know, I feel like every year I say this ASC has like felt weird.
1: Just like what?
0: <laughs> Like every time an ASC ends I'm always like huh that ASC was odd and then why was it odd I, this year well I think one is like there was a lot happening around with you which we'll get um. into in just a little bit so you were like I don't even know if you were on like on your reserve tank you were like on the reserve, reserve tank yeah <laughs> you were just kind of there
1: i existed in time and space
0: (laughs) there was a physical presence (laughs) and like that's kind of as good as it got for for a while Um, (laughs) thanks
1: this goes back to the comment kyle (laughs) made and was like wow you look terrible thank you
0: (laughs) but there's a good reason for that there's a good reason for that which will again we'll we'll get into um Still, but the
1: conference was fun because we got to yeah. see each other.
0: Yeah, no, like, I, mean, yeah. I don't mean odd in like a bad way. I guess it's just they're always just odd when you compare it to the previous ASC because they never yeah. really like. There's, we never really have like this like template that we follow with how we're going to conference that year. We just kind of wing it, and so our experiences are always a little different. Um, yeah. Uh, but. I, so I did win an award for this ISE.
1: <laughs> so modest. No, just <laughs> kidding. Yes.
0: The Ruth Peterson Fellowship, um, which was cool. I know no one can see it, but it's hanging behind me. Uh, nice. It's, I'm it's glad you got behind. it
1: framed. Do yeah. you frame it? Yeah, I
0: did. Yeah, it's hidden behind the Christmas tree in my background.
1: Yes, yes congratulations um, again. It was cool Thank to you. see my bestie up on the stage getting an award.
0: I had, like, never realized how much stage fright I could get until I had to do that. I was like, "Oh, these Wait, lights really? are so bright!" It's good. Yeah, I was like, "These lights are so bright. I can't see." Oh my god, it's getting hot up here. Like, I need <laughs> to like take off articles of clothing. Like, uh, I, wanna, like, I just want to get bound now. Oh, it, yeah. it was a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, at least you didn't have to give like a presentation, so.
0: Oh, yeah, I know uh, I feel like I could have done it again. maybe Probably. not maybe not, sure not well, but it would have happened
1: it would have it would have occurred,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah, it was kind of an odd conference, but it was fun, and yeah, I thought our presentations went really well. I love how you started getting questions during my presentation q and a You're welcome <laughs> by the way, for throwing it your way um. <laughs> be fair i did try and answer the question first i just wanted your input
0: yeah but you know it's a, it's a team effort
1: it is even though you're not on my paper but it's fine
0: no, not at <laughs> all uh, there's like yeah the, this presentation was on your dissertation which i am very much not involved with
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yes so conference in atlanta was fun looking forward to next year yeah. Do you have anything else to say about the conference?
0: I will say, I think one of the coolest things about doing this project is that it seemed no matter where we went, we knew somebody, which yeah. um, I think makes it a little easier when there's, like, someone you can say hi to and, like, start a conversation with, as yeah, opposed to sure. just kind of standing there like, oh, I don't know anybody. I don't want to be the weird person that just, like, randomly starts talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, But just being able to, like, recognize so many people and be like, hey, how you doing?
1: Yeah especially because we haven't met a lot of people like in person and so like yeah. getting to see them at the conference is cool cuz you actually get to put like an in person encounter um to the face that you already know um so yeah that was that's always fun uh but yeah so the reason that Jose said that I was like not <laughs> um mentally present was because I was on the job market this semester which is a lot. Um, but I will say, uh, the academic job market, but I will say our podcast from last semester, what summer 2022 with the mm-hmm. academic job market is like a big help. So if you're getting to the academic job market, go and listen to that because it was very helpful. Um, and yeah, and I took a job during the conference. Another Probably part of the reason why it was weird. (laughs) Yeah. But exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were basically living out of a suitcase for what? Like a month? Yeah. Month and a half? No, a month. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, like, right before the conference, like, you had like job stuff, flew home for what? Like, less than 24 hours? Or was it like 24 hours? uh Mm -hmm. and then flew out to the conference it was like a day and some change maybe
1: well I like was at a job talk and then flew home and was home for less for like 24 hours and then drove to my next job talk and then drove back and then got on a plane the next morning yeah I was back for like 10 hours and then flew out to the conference so yeah (laughs) look forward to that Jose (laughs) yeah
0: yeah that sounds like fun. busy
1: time of so, the year.
0: So uh, yeah, if if I look zombified at next ASC, people you like you'll know why if you listen to this.
1: <laughs> or if anyone saw me and was like, "What's wrong with her?" That
0: is <laughs> what was wrong with
1: me. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah, but in other news, Jose's goal for um before the holiday season came was to submit three papers for review, and guess what? He crushed it. So, yay, congrats.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, was pretty confident it wasn't going to happen. It looked a little grim for a while. And one of those papers I'm just so tired of. I like did not want to look at it anymore.
1: That's your lead author. Uh, or no, you had two lead authors that you submitted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, both have been in the making for a little while. But um, the one that, that is stemming from my third year paper. Oh, Yeah i'm just tired of
1: yeah i get that
0: yeah but anyways and then one of those is you and i are on one of those yeah you and me
1: (laughs) come on you're the grammar police here
0: yeah i never get that one right then like katie always gets on me about it i'm like no one cares but now i'm like self con (laughs) like i'm having like self-confidence issues every time i have to put two people together
1: just like, like if you're putting yourself in it, just how would you say the sentence if you didn't include the other person? Well, that's what I. Have but, that's person? what
0: I. That's what I have to do now because now I have to yeah. think about it. Yeah, but before I just just throw it out there with confidence, knowing that no one really mm-hmm. cares.
1: Well, be but more confident. I,
0: but now I have to take a second to think about it. Like, how would I use? How would I say this in a yeah. sentence without the other person?
1: I do that thanks to you, because you always made fun of me when I got it wrong. So.
0: No. Uh I was just passing on my trauma from from Katie.
1: I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh well tell her I said thank you. Uh
0: yeah. uh,
1: but yeah. So that's kind of a life update, I guess. <laughs> going into yeah. the spring semester.
0: Yeah. On. We have a lot going on.
1: We thought it could be kind of fun to do something a little different for just a couple of minutes, um, which is, you know, everyone loves looking at uh GIFs. Is it GIFs? Is it GIFs? I don't even know how to say it. I think it's GIFs.
0: I thought I heard, I heard somewhere that the person that invented it meant it to be GIFs.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But I don't, like, the, this is one of those debates that I think we need to dedicate an episode to, and we're just not gonna. um. Because I'm a GIF person, and I think you're a GIF person.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if that's right. So (laughs) if anyone knows how to properly pronounce this word, let us know. Um, But we, uh, Jose and I, are big uh, sending... GIFs, GIFs, whatever, back and forth to each other. And some of the ones that we really love looking at because we're in a PhD program are the ones related to grad school or just academia in general. So we thought it could be kind of fun to um, randomly pull up just a couple of these and talk about them. Um, And then we'll, you know, actually get into our reflection and preview.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that's ever like talked to me over, like text or DMs knows that I love my gifs. <laughs> I even I'm pretty sure I even told um Kyle that I'm going to be writing a gifertation.
1: G- yes, I think so. <laughs> a dissertation of just all pictures, moving pictures. Uh,
0: and he was not amused by this no. development.
1: I'm sure not.
0: <laughs> all right, do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Unless you have one.
0: I haven't pulled any up. I have one. It's the uh, Have you seen the You've seen the the Kermit, like the Kermit ones, right? Where there's like regular Kermit and then like Kermit with like the black hood. No. And, and it's like someone that's having like an inner, like an inner dialogue with themselves. <laughs> um. And so they're so sort of like they're supposed to like represent like your conscious, uh, okay conscience. And so like this one is like me. Time to write that dissertation chapter. Inner me. Stranger Things isn't going to watch itself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this gets right, cuts deep into my soul right now. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I'm I feel like I've been doing that with Netflix. my perspectives, too. Yeah. I am... A big anything can distract me kind of person, especially from things that I've spent so much time working on that I'm just like anything else sounds more appealing. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm very much the the I'll just watch one episode and then I'll get back to it. And then one episode turns into I just binged two seasons. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to know what happened.
1: I know, right? You got to finish it so you know the story. You know, really, (laughs) I think it's good to take breaks every once in a while to, like, mentally reset. So that way you have fresh eyes toward looking at whatever it is you're doing. David, our advisor, if you're listening to this, we do not binge watch entire seasons instead of, you know, to procrastinate.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot he listens to this. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we'll edit this out. David, we do all the work.
1: <laughs> we do all the work. But really, we do. We get our stuff done.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, we always we do the liver.
1: We do. Uh, I feel like this one is like a perfect representation of you. So it's this little kid um, laying on the cement. I'm assuming it's like a parking lot. <laughs> um arms wide out just looks like they've given up on the world there's bikes everywhere around them and it says me after every paper rejection
0: oh (laughs) yeah yeah 2022 was a good year for that for me just hoping yeah that i get that we turn it around i hope so (laughs) let's see
1: the other ones that always make me think of you hold on I'm going to share my screen for this one. This this funny. So it's this picture of a little kid with a bunch of apples that all of them have <laughs> one bite taken out. <laughs> and it says just me and my unfinished projects.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very much me too.
1: But to be a- fair, I feel like a lot of students have that problem, including myself. I've just tried to rein it in because I've gotten a lot of feedback that I need to start saying no to things. So.
0: Yeah, and here's me just saying yes to a bunch of things as, I know. I go in, as I'm going into, like, the final year and a half <laughs> of grad school.
1: You got this. I believe in you.
0: <laughs> I feel like that one's a good one. What? This one, like, cracked me up. I don't know why, but it's, like, there's like, little like 3d cartoon airplane flying away from an explosion and like the caption says when you find a major mistake in your paper but it has already been accepted oh, no. <laughs> that's like my uh, that's like that's like one of my biggest fears is that i'll yes. publish something and then i'll go back i'm like oh oh my god i did not code that properly
1: I know. That's why, like, I think for my, my was third year paper, that's now publishing crim. I like literally ran those analyses, <laughs> I think like 20 to 30 times because I was so freaked out that I was going to get a publication there. And then something is just like horribly wrong. I was like, so OCD about making sure all of it was like, perfect. <laughs> I was so terrified.
0: Yeah, I would be, too. I mean, I pretty much am with every paper we submit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. This is a good one for us. And then you can do one more, and then we'll move on. So it's a picture of two guys at a computer, and one looks like (laughs) they know what's up, and the other one's just sitting there. And it says, just one clueless PhD candidate helping out another clueless one. (laughs) Um, yeah. There's there's been so many times that we have asked each other questions and we're like we can help you with that and I don't know about you but sometimes <laughs> I'm like I don't know if this is right but I'm gonna give you an answer.
0: I feel like I feel like this isn't something that I should be um, admitting and something that's about to become part of the public domain. But sometimes you'll like text me like hey what is this? I'm like I don't know that I know but let me Google and see what Google says.
1: <laughs> no. And, you send me Google
0: answers? Yeah, I send you Google. Actually, so I, I think I told you this, but um, one, one a really good friend of mine um, that graduated a couple years ago, she, like, sent me a text one day. And she was like, Jose, like, I don't know if it's just, like, I, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm tired or I'm just, like, like, super, like, done with this. But. I can't seem to remember what a chi-square is. Like, explain (laughs) it to me. And uh, I don't know if I just, like, got caught super off guard by the question where I started asking myself, like, wait, do I know what a chi-square is? (laughs) And so I'm, like, (laughs) and I'm just, like, Googling, like, chi-square. I'm, like, okay, I think that, that, okay, that makes sense. Yes, this is what it is. I, like, like, sent her basically, like, a Google answer. And then she was, like uh are you sure I'm not sure that that's what that is oh no (laughs) and I'm like I'm pretty sure it is and I was like I don't want to go ask somebody else because I don't want people to think I don't know what a chi-square and basically we spent like 15 minutes figuring out what a chi-square is
1: oh my gosh you know it happens (laughs) those brain farts or like when it's something that's like so basic that you should know and then you yeah, just I, like forget
0: well I had like, one of those things happen where like she asked and I answered with what I what I believed was the right answer and then she questioned it so then I started questioning like do I actually know what a chi-square is and yes. then, so when I started googling I was like okay this is lining up with what I said first so I'm pretty sure that this is what is what is correct <laughs> and then and but I was like I was just so thrown off by the, especially because she was like a a, a couple of years older than me and like already on her on her way out, yeah. And I was like, "Uh, does she know something that I don't know about like <laughs> High Square? Like, what am I missing here?" But yeah, that I I I do do that. I was yeah. I will. So if you ask me for help, there's a, a non-zero chance you're getting a Google answer.
1: Well, I'm glad you know. Six years, five years into um, this friendship, I'm learning that all of your answers have come from Google.
0: Not all of them, uh, but (laughs) I'm sure more more than uh, you probably care to know came Uh from Google.
1: You know, I haven't had problems with asking you questions so far, so Google has not steered you wrong, or at least I don't know.
0: Yeah. How would you know? You're just another clueless candidate.
1: I know you know (laughs) the clueless ones helping each other out
0: (laughs) yeah all right i feel like we
1: can do an entire episode about gif gifs however again if anyone knows how you actually say it weigh in on this debate
0: yeah (laughs) maybe we'll do yeah maybe we'll do it for the next wrap up
1: yeah all right so should we move into our little reflection bit
0: yeah let's actually talk about what we did and what we're doing
1: cool so we had 10 episodes for fall 2022 um we started off with professor brian johnson who's at maryland and you know really this focus the paper that we talked about is on like facial profiling and sentencing judge judge sentencing decisions right yeah judicial
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and that was just I think it's something that is like becoming more discussed and more talked about. And so, even though the paper was from a few years ago, we thought it would be really great to have on the podcast to kind of discuss um, and learn more about. So that one was fun to do. Um, Brian's great to talk to. He's so intelligent. Um, it was a fun episode.
0: Yeah, that was definitely an interesting episode. Um the findings were in some ways not super surprising, but um, it's also interesting in like the way that they went about doing it. Cause it was like, they, um, he talks about how part of it was also not just with judges, but they kind of also um, like ran the, ran the study with uh, college students and grad graduate students and that they really weren't finding significant differences um so you know it's yeah it was a really interesting episode when and i think we should like also caveat like this is not to say that like judges are doing this um or at least they're not always aware that the way that someone looks might be impacting their their decision making um i'm sure in some cases it is explicit but not always
1: Yeah, for sure. Kind of goes back to that. um, What is it? Implicit? Implicit bias. bias. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, even just like the fact that they looked at things like tattoos and those kinds of elements, too. um, Yeah, it's an interesting read for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, our next episode. So, like Jen mentioned earlier, we had an episode that looked at the academic job market. And so, for this semester, we wanted to also do an episode on the industry job market or um, alternative academic, or AC, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and so we did that with Raven Simons, uh, Cheryl Green, and Zach Drake, um, all three who were great and had a lot of insights on. So what the, especially because I want to say it was Raven that was doing both markets. Um, yeah. Yep. And so she kind of was able to really provide a compare and contrast on what the academic job market looks like versus the industry job market. Um, some of the things that they get asked to do, like may you, you might get asked to run like a sample analysis. Um. <clears throat> so for anyone that's interested, even a little bit on on the alternative academic job market this, this would be a good episode to listen to
1: you know and honestly i kind of feel like even for prof- like professors within the academic circle that this could be a good episode to listen to like you know most people who are in academia and go into academic jobs they don't really know much about the alt acre or industry job market. And so, you know, that was something that I think all three of them discussed, how it was difficult to get, you know, feedback and advice from their professors because their professors were just like, I haven't done this. Like, I don't fully know like what you should be asking for, what a good salary range is or whatever. And so, finding someone within that circle that you can ask those questions to um, or having professors that are trying to learn more about it to give them advice. Uh, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. That, um, yeah. I think one of the questions we ask and that they touch on is um, having those conversations early on with your with your advisor because, yeah, yeah it's definitely something that you need to know. Because um, I think, we're starting to see a, a shift to people being more open with students seeking non-academic jobs, but uh, you still want to know where your advisor stands on that. Like, are they looking to kind of create a mini me or are they just going to like let you spread your wings and fly whichever way you you prefer?
1: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that was something that I'm pretty sure both of us talked to our advisor about. Um, or that our advisor brought up to us, I guess, just to kind of know, you know, what kind of guidance he should be giving us. Um, And considering at the time I talked to people who didn't have advisors that did that, that was something that I found really meaningful, even though I was planning on doing academia, um, just that openness.
0: Same. I think it was our very first like in-person meeting when I first, (laughs) Actually, I didn't even think I had moved to Colorado yet. I we I, I was in town looking for a place to live when we met for the first time, yeah. and it was either the first or second question was like, "So, what is it that you're planning to do?" And I was like, eh, "I have some idea, and I'm almost... I'm... I don't
1: know, man. I'm a first year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like I got, I got, I got time, but, yeah. um, I mean, not." Not really. Like it seems like six years is a lot of time, but depending so on fast. on the route you want to take, um, six years may not be enough.
1: Well, in some people, it's like four years. Like their program are like four year programs. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it can get intense.
1: Yeah,
0: but, but yeah, no, that having that conversation was super helpful because then from that day forward, like we kind of had like a roadmap, and um, I mean, we didn't quite it didn't quite work out. The way that I had envisioned it. Well, like four years ago, but it's kind of how it goes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next episode was with um some good friends of ours, um, Chantal Fami and Megan Mitchell. Um, both of them are professors. Chantal is at UTSA and Megan's at North Dakota. Um, and this episode was really diving into the health aspects of um, the re experience for individuals who were formerly incarcerated. And they wanted to look at this from, you know, a really well-rounded aspect instead of focusing strictly on mental or physical health. They also took, you know, like spiritual, occupational, all these other aspects into account to see how they were impacting the re-entry experience. Um, so this was a fun episode just because we've known them since basically both of us were in our programs. Um, and I think chant is like the fastest response we've ever gotten to. Do you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> Probably. Um, uh, so yeah, that one was a fun one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We do go way back with chant and Megan I actually met Megan even before. I became a PhD student. I was a prospective PhD student oh, yeah. when I met Megan. Um, and then when I came to Colorado to work with David, she was super helpful with getting our our Den evaluation project off the ground. Um, and then, you know, chat I met because of Megan, Jen, and Kendra. Um, so, yeah, definitely good friends. Yeah. Really interesting yeah. paper. Um, and they definitely do that thing. Ooh, that actually, we'll talk about for next semester where we uh, quote unquote steal from our friends.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But that was one episode, you know, from the get go, we knew we wanted to have them on the podcast. But I think really our goal was to try and get them together. And so we were just kind of like biding our time until they published something um together that we wanted to talk to them about. Um, so, yeah
0: yeah they' they were definitely on the docket. we just the timing just needed to be right because yeah, we wanted to have them together, but then we had like talked about them super early on when we were first getting started, but we also kind of didn't just want to have like a bunch of people that like we knew already, like we wanted <laughs> to kind of like sprinkle them out a little yep. bit. Um, so it was just kind of like a t- and I think the timing worked out with this paper that they co-authored together for sure our next episode after that was with John Lobb who many of you may recognize from Samson and Lobb and Lobb and Samson the if anyone that does anything even remotely related to life course criminology has probably cited or at least read something by John Lobb uh, And so we did one of our reflection episodes with with John. We kind of asked him to walk us through how he ended up as a criminologist um, and some of his contributions to the field, particularly with Life Course and Turning Points. And we talked about um, their books, uh, Shared Beginning, Divergent Lives. Um, And then we asked him to reflect on the state of of the field. And I don't... No one's asked, but in case anyone's wondering why the term like computer cards is in the title, um, when we're talking about the, the book, at some point, uh, John talks about how the data was all on computer cards, yeah, um, and like they had to kind of digitize those uh, or modernize those so that they could analyze the data. Um, so I just thought that was like a super fun story, so I decided to use that in. In the title
1: and also like a lot of people younger people probably don't even know what computer cards are so no (laughs) so that's fun i
0: I can't remember exactly what it was but if i remember something like we had like these computer cards that were like actually like like paper cards and we had to transfer them over into floppy disks floppy disks make make an appearance in the story i'm pretty sure i can't remember exactly
1: and i'm pretty Um, sure they (laughs) thought that it was like the data was like already there, right? I don't know, it's a fun it's a, story. Um, yeah,
0: we're butchering this story. We're we sorry, are. John. sorry,
1: John. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was a fun uh, reflection episode. Um, so our next one was with Shade Lindsay, who's at Cornell. Um, and we talked to her about. Her recent paper in CRIM that came out of her dissertation on kind of prison credentials, so gaining some kind of work-related credentials while incarcerated, and employment prospects post-release. And kind of how people either chose to disclose or not disclose these credentials that they obtained while they were incarcerated, Um, because for some people they had positive impacts, for other people not so much. And so just kind of exploring how people navigate that issue um, to gain, you know, good quality or even just some kind of employment post-release.
0: Yeah, and then we also asked um, about converting your dissertation into an article. So that was also a part of the discussion towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Our episode after that was with... R.V. Gundor, um, who is an Australian criminologist or an, a criminologist based out of Australia. Yeah. It's probably a more accurate way of saying that. Um, yeah. And we talked to him about his book, Trying to Make It, and it's about the American drug trade and the role that politics and gang members and um, all these other parties have in the American drug trade. And I really like this book. I actually recommend people read it read the book it's um even if it's not necessarily in your wheelhouse it's such an easy read um in all the best ways
1: Um, yeah and one thing that he kind of kept circling back to was like this is a story about the people involved in the american drug trade and kind of trying to share their story and um jose correct me if i'm wrong but for his dissertation he hadn't been able to follow like everyone through to like the kind of end of their story. And in this book, he was actually able to go back and follow up with individuals and kind of complete their story arcs within their roles in the American drug trade. Um, so yeah, he really focused in on the human aspect uh, which is really different compared to the stories that you hear in the politics or you know all of these news stories. So just kind of putting a spin, a different viewpoint on this,
0: yeah, definitely. So this yeah, so this was a real long time in the making for RV and, um, yeah, like I think one of the one of the highlights is that a lot of the players in the American drug trade are kind of just like your everyday people. like they're not necessarily. Like the boogeyman under your bed, that yeah. that might get presented to you. Um, although there is a little bit of that, but right, that's kind of the exception in a lot of cases and not and not the norm. But yeah, so I recommend reading. Trying to make it, I I thoroughly enjoyed reading that book. Ten, uh,
1: All right. So after RV, we had Bianca Bersani, who's also from Maryland. I guess we had a good uh, slate of Maryland folks this semester. Um, But we talked to Bianca also about life course and kind of how arrest that occurs or the event of an arrest that occurs early on in kind of the life course during adolescence and how it can impact, you know, later life outcomes. Yeah, so, um, so I think she
0: takes a she, slightly different perspective or not yeah, slightly different perspective to what we typically think of as turning points in life course. Yeah.
1: And you bring up that question too, Jose, about you know, like can turning points actually be a negative thing? Um, and because it was, you know, part of this story that we were trying to put together for the podcast. But um, you know, she really makes this point of like there's nothing you know, inherent in the the definition of a turning point to make it positive or negative. So being able to think of it in these different ways. Um, yeah. And we've been trying to get Bianca on the podcast since ASC 2021. Um, so yeah. it finally happened and she's wonderful. Um, it's a great episode to listen to.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like Bianca's the best. Uh, and it was just one of those people that we like got had the absolute pleasure of meeting at ASC this year in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, there's very few nicer people that I've had the pleasure of meeting than Bianca. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And she set us up with one of our next semester or this spring um, guests. So we'll touch on that in a minute. But
0: yeah. So after Bianca, uh, our, next episode and this episode is a weird episode and not because of our guests anything our guests uh, did but so it was with uh, Victoria Pajowski who at the time was a doctoral candidate at the University of Minnesota in the sociology department Um, and we talked to her about probation and the impacts that probation can have on people and this term that she Um, coined strong arm sobriety and how probation is basically used as this mechanism to coerce people into sobriety and and how it's even used on people that don't necessarily have um, a drug or alcohol problems Um, but it's still like a terms of terms of their probation Um, so we get into that and when i say that this was a, a weird episode so as we discussed at the beginning, Jen was on the job market, and so we knew the chances were slim but non-zero that we might have a podcast scheduled, and she might have to go do a job talk or a campus visit during that day. Um, again, we we figured we'd be okay, but we need, we were ready for the possibility, and so
1: and it happened
0: and it actually happened um um, on so Jen had to go deliver a job talk on the day that we had to record with Victoria and so I recruited um my fellow student at CU um Annabelle Fay, who then unfortunately had to leave before we finished recording um so Victoria and I finished the episode just the two of us um so like Victoria was such a great sport. She was, like, such a nice person to talk to. And, like, I am so sorry that you had to go through such a wild episode. Um, but it's definitely one for the for the history books. Yeah, for um, sure. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed that conversation.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we wrapped up with our bonus episode um, with Fiona Chan, who's a professor at Indiana University Bloomington. And we talked with her about corporate crime and what she and her co-author termed the guardian offender overlap um, when it comes to financial fraud cases. And so Fiona was really cool to talk to because not only is she now a criminology professor, but before that, she was actually an accountant um, who was like an external, external reviewer. No, what Uh, does she call it?
0: An external auditor
1: yeah, an external auditor um, for different corporations. And so she kind of had like this window into, you know, this, these things that she's studying, that's really unique um, and some kind of personal experiences with this. So we actually start off, Jose, I believe it was you that asked it about kind of like, what is it, You know, what, why did she make this transition from being an accountant to going into getting a PhD and now being a professor? And she talks about that kind of in relation to the paper that we end up talking about. Um, So that was cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, And we situate that in something that Jen and I both love CRIM theory and one of my favorite theories, uh, routine activity theory. Um, and so we we spend a good chunk of the episode kind of setting that foundation so that because we know that not everyone's familiar with what routine activity is. So we kind of try and set a nice foundation f- for it uh, because it is pretty important to her paper
1: uh, yeah.
0: that we discussed.
1: And in the paper, she spends a lot of time discussing the theory as well. So, yeah, so it's a very theoretical paper but also corporate crime (laughs) paper or episode um so yeah it's kind of a mix of all of all of the things
0: (laughs) yeah a lot of good things happening in that paper yeah okay so that is our slate for fall 2022 now let's move into previewing what we have coming up for spring 2023 and we are going to kick off with uh, Wayne Osgood, who is an emeritus professor at Penn State. And this is going to be a reflection episode. Um, and much like our other reflection episodes, we're gonna ask. Um, we're gonna ask Wayne to kind of walk us through how he decided to become a criminologist, sort of his career, mapping his career career trajectory, talking about some of his contributions to the paper, um, specifically his 1996 piece on uh, unstructured activities, and then getting his thoughts on the the state of the field. Um, and it was Wayne is also another person that we've had the pleasure of meeting um, and he's just one of the on the very much uh nice people side of the of the spectrum. Yeah. I worded that and- terribly.
1: yes you did it wasn't great um but yeah and um this episode we were actually trying to like schedule at one point but Wayne um won the big Sutherland award this year and so he was prepping for his presentation um and so we got to talk to him after the conference and after um he received the award so that's something that um we also mentioned in the episode. Yeah. Um, So then, and I do just want to say that I think we have 11 episodes planned. Um, We have not set all of them up. So we're just going to talk about the ones that we do have set up for now. Um, But our second episode of the spring series is going to be um, one of our grad life episodes, And this is featuring um, Luke Allward, who is a professor at Boise State, Um, Wes Smith, who is um, the researcher for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and Carlina Orozco, who is an assistant professor at Cal State LA. And this episode is going to talk where you talk about the dissertation and dissertation defense, so kind of that. Final point in the PhD journey and get their thoughts on how to write the dissertation, how to finish it up, and then the actual defense. And this episode kind of mirrors our dissertation prospectus episode. That's intentional. We're trying to kind of lay these foundations out for people um, to kind of demystify these experiences.
0: Yeah, and uh, this, I love these episodes because they're also helpful for us um, as we're hitting these stages. Um, and yeah, because dissertation writing feels so daunting, but just kind of hearing other people's experiences and their advice makes it seem much more manageable. Um, our, the next episode we have planned after that is with Brooke Curley out of the University of Maryland, Baltimore. And we're going to be talking to her about experimental criminology. Um, so Brooke is a big part of an evaluation out in Philadelphia with the Functional Family Therapy for Gangs uh, program that's getting evaluated. Um, and they are a randomized control trial. Um, so an experimental design. And so we're going to talk to her um, about that and implement an RCT. And... Um, I'll be able to throw out a, a, well, Jen and I will both be able to throw out tidbits on that as well, since we've both been a part of RCTs in criminology, um, because those can be tricky to implement.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I know firsthand some of those uh, sad moments after the fact, (laughs) but um, so then after that, we have a grad spotlight episode. Um, we're actually hopefully planning two Grad Spotlight episodes for in the spring. We have one of them scheduled. It's with Simon Kolbeck, who is at the Ohio State University. And we're going to be talking with Simon about his recent paper in Criminology on race, work history, and the employment recidivism relationship.
0: Yeah, that should be an interesting episode. Um the next episode after that will be with Claire Lee, who is a professor at UMass Lowell. Low Low. Low. I
1: can't. Uh, <laughs> Why do you keep saying it? I think that's right.
0: Um, uh, I like Google. We have that not before. recorded
1: this episode yet, so we
0: have not. So I googled it and I forgot what Google said. Um <laughs> googling yes but, <laughs> but we'll we'll be talking to claire about cybercrime and cybersecurity, security uh, which as the internet becomes more prominent is one of the, like the more burgeoning areas of criminology uh, and so that's what an episode that i'm very interested in talking to oh uh, someone about
1: have you seen the show mr robot no no okay well it doesn't seem like a show that maybe your wife would watch so i wasn't entirely sure but it's about like these hackers who basically like destroy the entire US like economic system. It's super interesting. So I'm like watching that now and I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to someone who does cybercrime, <laughs> cybersecurity. <laughs> um, cause they're good. They like haven't officially gotten caught yet where I am, which I'm very early on in the series. But anyway, that's hmm. a-, a tangent.
0: I, I um, might have to give it a, I might have to give it a watch.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, Katie might like it. It's a guy who I don't, he hasn't been diagnosed with this, but it kind of seems like he has like a split personality going on and he like knows it. Um, so there's like those aspects too. But anyway, um, our final like schedule, officially scheduled episode is going to be with Thomas Apt, um, who I'm blanking on. He has like a lot of different roles. What is the, the council he's with?
0: He is with the, uh, the Council on Criminal Justice.
1: Oh, okay. I should have remembered that. Here, I'm just going to start that over. Um, our final <laughs> scheduled episode, like officially scheduled at this point, episode is with Thomas Apt, who is with the Council on Criminal Justice. And this is the person that we met through Bianca, or I met through Bianca. Jose, I feel like you maybe knew of him beforehand.
0: Yeah, we were going to be on a panel together in 2020 before COVID Mm -hmm. uh, had ASC get canceled.
1: Yes, Um, but we're hoping we haven't decided what we're talking to him about yet, because we like to try and keep things up to date and as recent as possible, but he does a lot of work with like translating research and public dissemination. So we're hoping to talk to him about like public opinion, public policy dissemination type work.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he does a lot of work on like community violence. Um, so that, that should be a, a very interesting episode as well. And so like Jen mentioned, those are all the ones that we have on the books officially. Um, but we are still um, trying to get others set in stone. Um, and so we are planning on having a an episode on policing. We're currently working on getting that set up. We're trying to get an episode on international crime. So we like to kind of extend outside of the U.S. whenever we can. And we've had a couple of those um, but we're trying to do another one for for the spring. Um, We're going to do another Graduate Spotlight episode. We are planning on doing a second Reflection episode, and then we have one, um, like if we were playing Uno, it would be a wild card because we're not not entirely sure what that episode Mm -hmm. is going to be just yet, but there's going to be an 11th episode. And so you'll kind of just have to wait and see what it is because even we don't know what it's going to be yet.
1: Yes, exciting. Always keeping things fresh and interesting. Yeah. But that is all we have time for. Um, We hope everyone's having a great holiday season and look forward to seeing you all on January 9th for our first episode of Spring 2023. Great talking to you, Jose
0: yeah you too of course thank you to all of our listeners we appreciate you we wouldn't be here without you and of course always thank you to my co-host the Sam Weiss to my Frodo Jen (laughs) and and we all know that Sam Sam is the true hero of the Lord (laughs) of the Rings
1: (laughs) whatever (laughs) nah but yes Always wonderful talking to you. And thank you again to everyone. Um, We will see you in January. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening.
0: Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or let us know what you think of the episode by leaving us a comment on our website, thecriminologyacademy.com.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Crim Academy. That's T H E C R I M A C A D E M Y.
0: Or email us at the at gmail.com. See you, See next, you time. next time.